Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Girl Power Hour. It's very odd for me to say good morning on Girl Power Hour. I'm used to good afternoon. Um, I just want to make a few quick announcements before I get to why this show is so special, other than the fact that it's on a special day and time. Um, On Wednesday... December 21st, which is also winter solstice, we will be having another orchestrated symphony of prayer with special guests Elizabeth Harbin and Daniel Kapduk. We did this last Monday. Um, It's a very powerful, very prayerful event. So I do hope that you will mark your calendars, plan to tune in. We will be reading, again, more prayers from different religions, faiths, and cultures. Um, We're just wanting to send prayer out into the world. If you have a special prayer you'd like for us to add, to the show, please feel free to send that to me. You can either send it to me um, via my personal Facebook page, if you are friends with me, or you can uh, go to the Girl Power Hour page and send it via message there. I also want to uh, say I was driving around yesterday um, noticing all the traffic, and I know all over the world people are you know, driving faster and faster, things are getting, you know, everybody's trying to get everything done faster and faster as we uh, gear toward holidays, whatever holiday it is that you recognize or celebrate. I know that things get pretty chaotic. I just want to remind everyone, it is better to be late in this life than early to the next one. So please slow down. I know that there seems like there's a lot of things to get done and a lot of places to be and a lot of people to see, but Um, let's value our lives and the lives of others and slow down and please be kind. My goodness. It's no matter what your holiday is, let's have the spirit of it and be kind to others, including those who are selling you the goods that you are purchasing. If you are purchasing anything, because let's remember they're working while you're shopping. Uh, it's difficult enough. So just little reminders. I want to get on to the show today. We have so much to talk about, and I have a very special guest back with us again, Kelly Daniels. Um, Just a reminder, she is a photographer and activist. She was at Standing Rock many times. She's a Standing Rock advocate. Uh, If you haven't checked out her photographs, um, go to the Kelly Gallery um, and and check out her work. Uh, She's an amazing photographer, but she has been on the show before to discuss uh, Standing Rock and the situation there while she was at Standing Rock. She is now back at home in Kansas City, but she is coming to us to help clear up some of the confusion and maybe dismiss some of the doubts that are really honestly threatening the movement that is still ongoing at Standing Rock and, and honestly stands to be worldwide. So, Kelly, thank you again for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm eager to get into this um, show. You, you've got so much information, and I, I want to make sure that we uh, share as much as we can today. We only have an hour, and as you know, it flies by. It's never, it's never <laughs> enough for me, I know. Uh, so it's, it's never enough for anyone, really. Anyone that really likes to you know, get into these things has a passion. If you're passionate about something, it's hard to cram it into 60 minutes. But um, yeah. I want to just start right off the bat. Um, you were there at Standing Rock when the Army Corps of Engineers made the announcement on December 4th that they would not be granting the easement. Um, I had sent you 
pretty quickly like some questions about the situation. And I'm just going to go ahead and put out my concern before I even really get to my first question. My, although I knew the celebration was needed, I talked about this on the show on Wednesday with Skylar Liberty Rose, who was on the show with me um, for Tea Time, which she'll be returning, by the way, to the listeners uh, again probably next month. But I was discussing with her the fact that even though I knew that celebration was needed, because the vibration needed to be raised and because we all need, you know, to know that we're making progress, that we're making success as we, especially when we have these long-term goals, which the Standing Rock situation as and I know that everyone listening knows this, is a long-term goal. It's not just a short-term thing. It's, we're trying to, it is from, from what I understand, it's not just about uh, rerouting a pipeline. It's about getting rid of fossil fuels and, and protecting Mother Earth and protecting you know, the sacred, protecting water. As such, um, I was aware that the victory was needed, the celebration was needed, uh, to know that, you know, progress was being made. But my first thought was, uh, wait, no, because what I saw, you know, what I heard was political ploy. And what I saw was the, the bigger media, the mainstream media, posting things like, it's over. And that was, to me, the most detrimental thing anyone could say at that point. So I want to get your take on that because that's that's kind of why I sent you just questions really, really quickly was, wait, what's really going on? Because I didn't trust the media, and I certainly didn't think it was over. And I did feel like that was only serving to help the pipeline efforts. So give me your take on, on, on what happened when the announcement was made and then, and then what your thoughts were and how, every, how everyone reacted at Standing Rock. Well, it was really interesting when uh, we – when we um, we were walking along in camp and a woman ran up to us and said, we're making a big prayer circle and we're all holding hands around around the camp. And there, at that time, were about 25,000 people there. And they, it was like this huge camp and, the, and the, the people were holding hands and they were going around. You could see it coming on around. You can't see the whole camp, so but you could see them come down the road, the people holding hands. But we went ahead and went over to the Sacred Fire because that's where they announce everything. They have a microphone there, and they announce what's going on all the time. And we just felt like we needed to go over there. And we noticed when we started going over there that the chiefs had their headdresses on, which they don't normally have their headdresses on. We thought, huh, I wonder what's going on. And I thought at the time that it was to welcome the vets because that same day was when – the arrival of the vets, the 4,000 vets to come support. Uh, so there was a lot, a lot going on, and we thought, we thought, you know, maybe this is to, to uh, just welcome them. But when we got up there, you know, we just coincidentally got there just in time to hear one of the chiefs announce that the Army Corps of Engineers has denied the permit to cross the Missouri River for the um, – for the pipeline. Now, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, everyone celebrates because that is, that was their goal, you know, because one of right. the things that, that that means is that they have to do a full impact and environmental study, which they didn't do because they had, they had put the pipeline through by, by, um, saying that it was just little projects going along instead of one big project just so they could get around the laws and and mm-hmm. get away with putting it in without that um, study because they know that, that it will have a big 
impact and they didn't want to have to do that. So that's what that did is it legally made them have an environmental impact study done, which is, this is the huge win. That's why, that's why the, the Standing Rock um, chairman, Dave Archibald, that's why he made the announcement. We, we have, we have achieved our goal of having that environmental impact study done. You know, you have to do things legally, and that's where he's coming from is all the legal aspects that they're dealing with, with um, trying to uh, uh, make sure that they go through all the means that's necessary to slow the pipeline down until they can stop it. So at this point, this is the only thing they could do was to have an environmental impact study and to not allow the permit to go across the the response from energy transfer partners which is the people that are putting in the Dakota Access Pipeline the response was immediately that um, we're not going to do that first of all they said they were going to sue well actually they did immediately put a, a lawsuit against the government saying you know we're losing all this money per day um, because of this, and you need to let us go ahead and, and drill. And and the federal judge responded back in a um, a uh, in the legal you know in the court where they said um, that's your problem that you've actually drilled all this way without your final permits. You shouldn't have been drilling in the first place. So that was a big win, right. also. So it it also was like even when uh, energy transfer tried to fight back, they, you know, they got shut down again. So what that did Mm -hmm. was it, it, it delayed it basically until um, January, Uh, probably end of January, beginning of February will be probably the first time that they will actually be able to make any um, more decisions. But, one of the problems is, um, well, one of the good things, the other reason that this is a whole, a good thing to celebrate is that a lot of the people that are invested, a lot of the big companies that are invested in the energy transfer in the Dakota Access Pipeline, their contracts are up January 1st. So that means uh. they can they can choose to back out. So there's a potential of a lot of funders bailing out because they expected oil to be flowing by January 1st. That's what they were promised, that the oil would be flowing by January 1st. And now that it's not, which is what the whole fight is against, so that so that they can get past that January 1st deadline so that these people can start backing out. They can start saying, oh, we're going to go somewhere else buy our oil because we got to have oil now and you don't have it. So what, so what energy transfer, then they go back on and say, well, we have Trump coming in the 21st and he's going to, he's going to okay everything to go through. But what they've already set up, he can't just override quickly. It's impossible. So it's still going to take time. It's still going to be probably February before anything is going to, 
maybe go through, but they still have to do an environmental impact study. It's not like he can turn around and say, oh, never mind, you, can't, you don't have to do that. You can't do that. Now that it's gone through, they have to do an environmental impact study. So it's true that in a lot of ways they're getting slowed way down. So the hope is that financially they're, all their backers are going to start uh, are going to start going out and backing out. And Energy Transfer is known for their bankruptcies. <laughs> they've actually done ah. this before. They've they've done things with Bakken with Bakken oil fields where you know their their company's gone to, to, you know bankrupt, and because the Bakken oil fields are going dry, so they're doing everything they can to get the last bit of oil out of there. And one of the arguments, one of the big arguments is that we don't need any more pipelines because the oil is running out anyway. So why even do more pipelines? Well, their reason is they're trying to make as much money as fast as possible and sending it over to uh, overseas to the markets over there. They, it's not even being used here. It's all about uh. these very few companies making a lot of money. And they're very good at um, putting the public media out there to make it look like, oh, this is good for our country, this is good for our jobs, this is you know, good for our economy. But in reality, right. it's really good for a few, very few people. And people don't know that. They believe, they believe this media that has been put out by the oil companies, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, um, so it is, it, we've had a really good win. And that's why there was such a, a, a wonderful celebration. It was, it was really neat to see because, you know, you know, so many times it, it's heavy, it gets heavy. It's heavy there. You know, it's like, you know, it's yeah. like a constant, um, uh, you know, action after action after action. What do, you know, what is going to happen today? Where are we going to go today? How can we make an impact today? Um, you know, where can we, where can we stand? So it's like it's really good for the camp to have that, um, you know, to have that upbeat celebration. It's really neat because it really is something they should celebrate because they have worked hard for that, and they actually achieved something right. that they have worked really hard to achieve. At the same time, you know, in the same breath, I could actually sense a feeling of sadness because, you know, kind of like almost a real, you know, uh confusion of is this a sad thing or is this a happy thing because you know in a way people are they're very grounded there they're very happy there and it's um you know the thought of them not being able to be together as a community <coughs> is is a really sad thing as well but so what has happened in the in the meantime is that um the reason people feel like it's not over there is because they still have the lights up they that are are there on the hills to for the pipeline to to work the drilling ah, they okay. they still have the military all there the roadblock is still there the illegal roadblock that is the police put up um on the bridge there that is the access to to Bismarck so it takes them now two hours to get to um, emergency facilities versus 20 minutes. So it's still wow. up. And so, you know, they say 
it's it's a, it's kind of a funny thing. They say, oh yeah, so you can go home now. Everything's fine. Well, why do they still have the lights up? Why they could hear right. the drills go, going, and and right. you know I've heard some things that the drills are going on the other side of the river, coming on the back back door, but I did hear today that. It, it it appears that they have stopped drilling. Oh, but good. what they're doing at this point, what they're doing at this point is they still have the military there. They they're still trying to get the road unblocked, and and they've renamed the Ocheti Sakoan, which is actually um, the elders built that camp. It was the actually the called the original overflow camp. Ocheti Sakoan is the one that people hear about all the time. That has mm-hmm. been changed. They they actually took uh, they they let the fire out, um, go out ceremoniously. Mm-hmm. That had been up since July, and they started a new one. And the elders taught the young people how to start a new fire. And they they call it a cheti ayati, and it's the people's camp. It's called the people's camp. So there's about mm-hmm. a thousand people there. There's a thousand people. There, and there, there's actually there are three three main camps. There's the Acheti Owati, and then there is the um, Rosebud, which is across the river, and that's about 300 people. And then there's the Sacred Stone Camp, which is on private property that Ladonna Brave Bull Allard owns, and that was the original camp. It's called Sacred Stone Camp, and there's a thousand people there. So. The, what they at this point, because of the cold and everything, the reason they're there, and because of the cold, they are not they are not recommending more people come, unless you're extremely self sufficient, and you have, um, you, you know, you have uh, like plywood to make your own shelter, and you have all the gear that you need for sub zero temperatures, which you know very few people have, but if you right. if you have that. And you're ready to work really hard, then it's it's okay to come. Otherwise, the, what they need is support from from afar still for fire, uh, fire firewood, and um, actually heaters for their for their um, water and for their their um, shelters that have the food. The food is freezing, the water is freezing, so they're having trouble with that. So. Um, I have actually a name of someone. One of the things that happens in these kind of situations is there are there are several, it's like there's several organizations. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the olden days when there's several tribes. And in these, in these right. kind of, the way of the Indian, it, it tends to be very motivated by spirit. And it's also sometimes in our Western way of thinking, sometimes seems a bit chaotic. But in their world, it's, it's what you have to do to flow with each moment, to know in each moment what is the best thing to do because it's always shifting and it's always changing and they're always praying and they're always listening to answers and they're always listening to spirit. And they all have their own, their own um, parts of the, their it's almost like they're different spokes in the wheel. They all have their different things that they're doing that is important for the whole thing to keep moving. And so the people at that. the camp, yeah. the people of the camp are kind of in, they're doing their own thing. 
And, and it, it, it appears like, so sometimes when this happens, sometimes one part of the wheel doesn't really know what the other part of the wheel is doing, or maybe they're all trying to take care of their own thing. And they, because they all have things to take care of. You know, so Standing Rock Reservation, um, so when you hear Dave Archibald speak, the, the chairman speak, he's speaking from a legal aspect where he has to keep the people safe. So when he says, right. everything's okay, you can go home now, he has to say that. Legally, he has to say that because he's responsible for people's safety. And if people keep coming that aren't prepared, he, he can really get in trouble. And so he right. has a lot of pressure to make sure that that does not happen. So he also deals with a lot of the legal battles, you know, the big legal battles with the federal, you know, mm-hmm. you know that's, that's, where he, that's where he's fighting. That's, that's his part of the fight. The camp, the camps, they're watching over the actual site, they're they're getting attention from the world with with you know some of the unfortunate things where they're standing you know just standing on the road on the other side of the the uh, the uh, wire that whatever that wire is the rolls of wire <laughs> where they're standing there and the police are you know you know doing things pretty awful across that but but that again has its place and the whole thing, you know, becoming known, be, people becoming aware of it. It's that, it's that whole situation where sometimes the darkness has to come out in order for the light to, 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 to heal it. So that there, okay. there's a lot of dark, you know, a lot of um, bad things that seem to be happening, and sometimes it takes that for people to wake up and go, these things are really happening. Like they, it's hard to believe that these things are happening until it gets really public like that, until it gets really, really ugly, and then people start to realize it. So these, the people at camp have their own agenda. They basically are like their own tribe. They, they have to take care of themselves. So the, the Standing Rock Reservation can help them somewhat, and they have helped them with, you know, a lot of the uh, – um, the trash, the porta potties, you know, they, they support them in a lot of ways. But again, when you're dealing with a, even like with a reservation, there's a lot of political stuff that goes on where they have to justify where every dime is going, you know, that, that was, that was um, uh, donated to them. So it's difficult to get the money. So sometimes it's difficult to get the wood to build the shelters because you have to go through so much stuff, paperwork and stuff, to get the permission to get it. So it's there and it it takes time to come out and it's coming out gradually. But, um, you know, they're they're doing the best they can and getting out the the fastest they can. At the same time, legally, you know, you know, organizing it the way they're supposed to. So, so you have. Okay, so now let me jump in. Let me jump in real quick and ask this question on that point because I've seen this a few times and I want to make sure I'm right. Because you're clearing up a lot, even for me. I mean, I have been, you know, following as closely as I can. But the reason I wanted you on is because, you know, I'm getting confused too, and I feel like I'm connected to some people, and I know that there are plenty of people out there that aren't 
really connected to anyone at Standing Rock, and I can't imagine how confusing it is, you know, for someone who can't ask these questions directly to someone who's there or someone right. who's been there. Um, but also just, you know, the idea that there have been so many different voices, and I love how you put that, that they're all different spokes in the wheel working toward the same thing. So we may be hearing different things from different people, but that doesn't mean that it's actually chaotic and, oh, let's just give up on it because that's just a chaotic mess. No, it's they're all working for the same thing. It's just they all have their different pieces. I love that you clarified that for me. And I also love that you said what you did about the chairman because even I was a little (laughs) pointed when he was telling everybody to go home. But I see what you're saying that, you know, legally, I mean, he has to do that because he's in charge of protecting the people. And if they want to stay, if they choose to stay, even after he's made that, you know, announcement, then he's covered. And at the same time, I mean, people, you know, can stay. he's not going to go kick them off, but it's like a matter of him right. having to do that because that's his legal obligation. I love that you cleared that up. Now, here's another thing that you just mentioned, and I want to make this clear for the people who are listening. In terms of donations, I have read it is better now to send, like, if you're going to donate something, donate firewood, not money to go get firewood. Is that correct? Like, right. would it be better to donate yeah. the things they need rather than the money because it's so difficult for them yeah. to access the money? Okay. Yeah, it is um, best best to do that. Like, um, you know, if you can find, you know, people, there are people that take wood up there. Um, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, even the Kansas City, the one that we have here is um, Kansas City stands for Standing Rock. And, you can like people can post on there and they can find you know somebody to take the wood up if they have wood okay so it's good like in your different areas to you know um connect with the people that are supporting this cause and then um you know finding people and then you know helping those people buying the wood to get it up there there's wa- there's heaters they need for their big water tanks and stuff that um, there are certain people that I've found that you could, um, uh, I think there's probably ways like, uh, I know that they've done a lot of things like with Amazon gift cards with some of the supplies and things, but literally right now what I hear over and over again is they need the heaters to to get the water, um, keep the water from freezing and heaters mm-hmm. in the, the the food tents to get the food from freezing, freezing and firewood and and you know and uh, propane tanks. I know Standing Rock is they they do bring in a propane truck and people fill up their propane tanks for free and to help heat their tents and things. I know that's still being done, um, but mm-hmm. but I think the fire the firewood is huge because so many people are are heating from firewood. But um, there is a guy that I found out about, and he's considered, uh, uh, it's called, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's Akachita, A-K-I-C-I-T-A. And they're the, they're, what, they're, what that means is they're the protectors of the people. And so it's huh. someone that you can tr- trust. And so I have his address where people can send things to. He has a semi and he is one of the main people that is getting the things to the camp. So he, he's very oh, wow. involved with the Ocheti Oyati now is what it's called. And he is very reliable and he will he will he's definitely a guy that you can count on. There's a lot of people that talk about him. You can actually even friend him on Facebook or message him because he is 
taking messages on Facebook, and his name's Michael Marcus, M-A-R-K-U-S. And um, okay. he and he's a, he's a friend of mine on there too, so you can always look on mine and find Michael Marcus and then connect with him. Um, but he okay. is one that several sources have told me to connect with him for the main big camp. Now, the um, the Sacred Stone camp, they are pretty, they have pretty, they're pretty good about setting up their websites and getting their, um, the news out there that they're still there and they plan on being there until the pipeline is definitely done. So that, their main thing is they're not going to leave until it's really done because they've been um, disappointed so many times by the government that they don't trust it yet. And that's why it's important to continue to support them because it, it is it, it is a continued, um, you know, fight down actually on the land where they're watching over. The other thing that – so they're pretty taken care of. I know Rosebud, but they need a lot of help too. And if you were to like um, – there's about 300 people there, and I know they don't they don't have as much marketing as the Sacred Stone Camp does, so a lot of people don't even know about Rosebud Camp. Rosebud is actually on the reservation, so they're that's like the, they're on the side of the river that's really okay to be on. So the okay. Ocheti Oyati is still on the core land, which is the land that they're asking them to leave. But it's just too difficult to leave in the middle of the winter. They're gonna they they'll leave when you know all the all the legal things go down in January and February, and um and they find out if it's completely down. So that's when they'll probably leave is around those times. But until then, they still need a lot of help, and Michael Marcus really helps with them. Now he'll also he can also help with Rosebud. So because they're right next to each other. So if if you ever wanted to say. Uh, contact Michael Marcus and say, "I want this to go to Rosebud," and then he'll he'll get it to Rosebud. So you know you can you can give requests like that with people like that. Now the other things to support are digital smoke signals, which are the guys that do the drones, and they're the ones okay. that really educate people as to what's happening over there all the military right. encampments that they're building, um, you know, really what's really happening. And all the big, um, they call them um, stingray technology, which they have these mm-hmm. huge towers up that are literally draining people's cell phones. It's like a, it's almost like a war zone type of act, action. But they're draining people's cell phones and they are uh, cutting off their services and they're listening into everything that happens there. So they have towers up, and they just actually uh, did the drone video of them like yesterday. So it's still happening that they're really there's almost like something they're really still trying to hide because they're still cutting everybody's ability to communicate out to the public. So that's pretty serious situation. So that's an important yeah. thing to to um, to support, so if you can go on Facebook and go to Digital Smoke Signals, M- Myron Dewey is really—he's the guy that kind of started that, and he's he- head over a lot of that. His page is a really good page to follow. His name's Myron Dewey, and then 
Digital Smoke Signals is a separate page. The other one to okay. really look at and, and to watch is called Water Protector Legal Collective. And what's okay. happening right now with them, they're, they're the lawyers. They're the attorneys that are free for the people that, are, that have been arrested and the people that are now being subpoenaed. There's a whole new thing going on now where people are yeah, tell all us about that. I, yeah, I've oh. seen that, and I, and I want to. I want you to talk about that for a, a brief moment because I've seen that, and I've also see. I don't think a lot of people are aware. We talked about this before the show started. I don't think a lot of people, even maybe some of our listeners, are really aware that there are people sitting in jail still, like from months ago. Um, who were arrested early on in this, who have not been able, you know, to be released. And so they're still there. And so there's, of course, there's still a movement because um, as Chase Iron and I said, you know, who are we to walk away from this now when there are people still sitting in jail? We, we, that would be a slap in their face. So tell us about that, you know, about the fact that there's still people there. Uh, there's still also, like you said, people being subpoenaed at this moment. Talk about that for us. So, you know, the Morton County Police Department is extremely corrupt, and they haven't been, um, there's a lot of lawsuits against them for excessive force, for civil rights um, violations, human rights violations. There's a lot of lawsuits, but nothing has really um, clamped down on them to really make them stop what they're doing. So they continue to do things that are very difficult for the water protectors, for the indigenous people there. And they're right now they're sending out subpoenas for people's um for people to show up in court for um even warrants for people's arrest. They're um the even even the woman that had her arm um blown up yes. by a, a concussion grenade from the police, she yeah. was even subpoenaed. So what's happening is oh, wow. they're trying to subpoena, isolate these people, and get them to say things because they're trying to protect themselves from these lawsuits that are coming out. So they're trying to kind of trick these people into, you know, saying what they want them to say. So so what's happening is this Water Protector Legal Collective is going out and trying to let everybody know, you know, do not talk to anyone. You've, you know, we have attorneys that are gonna gonna represent you for free. You've got to contact our attorneys so that they can protect you, because what they're trying to do is like um, bully people into thinking that they're in trouble, and then isolating mm. them, and you know, uh, basically you know, wearing them down to trying to, right. you know, say something that is going to be, be uh, that's going to work against the, for their, um, for their lawsuit so that they don't look bad. So people don't, you know, right. so that they don't get in trouble for what they've done. So, so right. that's their, that's their tactic right now is isolating people and, and subpoenaing them and um, bullying them into like, uh, you know, saying things that are going to hurt the the cause. So that's, right. that's really important to support the Water Protector Legal Collective because they are providing. So you can send money to that. 
you know, that's like a GoFundMe. That's a direct thing to send money to. Even digital smoke signals is a good one to send money to because they they actually, um, the police just recently um, uh, apparently came in and took their um, drone and said, well, we have a warrant for this, but they really, they didn't have a warrant. They didn't, weren't able to show them any warrant, but they oh, took wow. it anyway. So this has happened a lot. They, they've lost so many drones. So, so it's important to um, support that so that they can get more drones and keep, keep their coverage because that's really, it's because of them how we know exactly what's going on over there. And that's it. They're the only ones. Right. So that's wow. a really important thing. So um, yes, I think that... You know, um, I'm sorry. I, I love that you're saying that because I, here's the thing. I, along with the confusion of what, you know, what you've already really honestly cleared up about hearing different things is also how do I help and, and what's the best way to help. And with so many different things coming out, it's difficult to know. Knowing exactly who to follow, which let me say I've already added um, the people that you've suggested. And um, I was already following the digital smoke signals, but I was not following uh, Water Protector Legal Collective. And just FYI to the listeners, um, digital smoke signals and the Water Protector Legal Collective are pages you can like and follow in that way. Um, you'll also want to check them regularly because I know when you like a page, it doesn't always show up in your news feed. So make sure that you're looking for it. The more that you uh, comment on things and like things, um, the more you'll see it in your news feed. And then on top of that, with the friend request um, that you listed, uh, Myron Dewey and uh, the other gentleman, Michael Marcus. Uh, Michael Marcus, I did request him, and he is still able to take friends. Myron Dewey is not. However, when you friend request someone and they've already like hit their friend limit on Facebook, you are immediately following them. So I'm just letting listeners know that so that you can go ahead and request these people, like these pages, and follow this information. And then, again, as far as what you've said, Kelly, thank you for giving everyone ways to help. Um, make sure that you guys are writing these things down, sharing them on your social media pages to let other people know how the best way to help and, and where to send it and who to send it to. Um, and you said, and I'm just getting this to reiterate to the listeners, you said again that it is good to send money to the legal collective, the Water Protector Legal Collective, and Digital Smoke Signals, right? Right, yes. Okay. And also okay. the Standing Rock Healers and Medics Council. So there's okay. also that is really a good one because they take care of all the camps. And they're they're okay. kind of the glue that holds all of them together, really. Um, so the Standing Rock Healers and Medic Council, that's a really good one to donate to and to follow. So all these, you know, you can always, like, go back and check on their page when you just kind of wonder what's going on. Those are really good ones to go check out, and you'll find out what's going on recently. Okay. And even Michael, okay. Michael Marcus is really... Uh, uh, one a really powerful guy that you know people most people don't really know about, but it's because he's like he's there to serve and he is um, very dependable and he's done a lot to really help the people there and whoever is in need. The other thing that's happening um, that I'm working with is um, you should like uh, Tina Malia. Oh, Malia is pronounced Malia. Tina Malia is a musician. Um, and okay. she's been there a lot. She's been there most of the time when I've been there. She's a national, internationally known musician. She works a lot with Pramal, 
Um, they have you know, very spiritual music. She's very indigenous type of music. And they are creating, there's a group of musicians that are creating a new album that's supposed to be incredible that's going to be out like next week. And they're doing a GoFundMe with this. So if you follow, and, and what she's involved with the elders and the people that slipped through the cracks, actually the elders that even own the original Lakota um, pipe, they, didn't, they don't have, a lot of them don't have um, transportation. They need gas for their cars. So the, this GoFundMe is a really, gr- like, on the ground. She knows, like, who actually really needs the money. So that's okay. an incredible one to follow, too. So Tina Malia's page, you can go to her page. You can, uh, she's, she's got a personal page, and then she's got a public page. So go, you can go to her public okay, and page because it, it'll be announced when it happens. Okay, and I'm going to spell this for everyone. It's Tina Malia, and it's M-A-L-I-A, um, just in case right. there's any spelling issues. I'm sorry, keep going. Yeah, so she's, she's, and she's going back up there. She's on the ground with the people. She, she lives in California, but she's going back. She's actually building a, uh, she's actually renovating a camper trailer to go back up there so she can be right on the ground with the people. So she's great because she knows what's going on. She's like totally um, uh, very, very passionate about it. And she doesn't tour. She starts touring internationally in March. So she's going to be doing this like, you know, the end of this month, beginning of the month. And so she's really working on that project right now to get that going because this group of uh, musicians, they know that easily they can raise $100,000 really fast. And they're going to, and it's all going to go to this. So it's, it's a really good cause. I know that we'll get to the people that are really needing it where, you know, it's, it's legitimate, you know, it's, it's really good. The other thing that I've, talk to people about that or actually people are talking to me about people from camp and etc is really one of one of the most important things that we need to take away from this is to create change in our own communities so standing Mm -hmm. rock is we can we can um you know support this fight but what's even more important is to create things in your own community that is basically on the same wavelength of um, creating community that takes care of one another. How do we create mm-hmm. community that takes care of one another? How do we do this in a sustainable way? How do we get more involved with programs for um, solar and wind production? How do we defund the banks that are, that are funding the oil? How do we to remove ourselves from the dependency of oil. And we need to do this in our own communities, in our in our own our own spaces. So that's the most actually one of the most important things you can do is allow Standing Rock to be a seed for your community. How do we how do we create something in our own community that's going to make a difference? Because these problems are happening all over the United States. That's or all over the world, but that's that's one right. reason that it's been so popular that Standing Rock has, you know, people. So many people have stood up because so many people are coming out there and saying, "We understand 
because this is what's happening in our community. All you know, the water is being poisoned, the water is being polluted. They can't, you know, Corpus Christi, I guess, just had a big right. uh, thing where they have some kind of chemical in yes. their water. So it's happening everywhere, and so it's important to take what what we see the organization of there creating pages for your own community of you know this is what this is this is what we need to do here we need to support each other we need to figure out how to get off of oil dependency of oil if there's any pipelines in the area we need to you know say no to this and so it's it's building that sense of standing rock everywhere that's probably at this point even the most important thing that you can do that it keeps this momentum of the movement going because it's a big movement and people are aware of this and they need to remember their own power in their own space to do something about it there and it is happening everywhere people are you know shutting down um, banks all over the place and there's a lot of great movements and those movements are really as powerful as it is sending money to Standing Rock. You know, Standing Rock, the, the great thing about supporting that is it's the beginning of the movement, you know, and we want to help them keep going. And they're, they're you know, like they're on the ground. They're suffering, you know, in this weather, and we need to keep supporting them. It's not, they're not gone, and they're not going to be gone for for months. So that's it, it's important to keep that. But I think it's more important to change in your own life, what what you can do. Right, and I agree with you, and I and thank you for saying that because uh, that's you know, it's interesting that you first of all focus on the community aspect. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, Skylar Liberty Rose, who was on on Wednesday, we were talking about that. Um, one of her big focuses right now is community and circle, and you know, I I think many of us are hearing more and more people are connecting to spirit, uh, hearing you know, messages, even through just everyday events, whether that be numbers that you see repeatedly or, uh, you know, if you're paying attention to nature, then whatever messages come to you through nature. But whatever it is, people are hearing more and more, I think, the idea of community, commitment, you know, making this a lifelong commitment. This this is not a short-term goal situation for any of us. This is this is something that is a lifelong commitment. Uh, we're going to be pursuing change you know, throughout the world, uh, through our lifetime. This is a wake-up call to get up and rise and, and move forward and continue with this movement, and that is going to take commitment. And I think, you know, that's important for people to know that it's not just something that you pay, okay, you know, well, Standing Rock's going on and I can try to help there, or there are situations in Syria, you know, which are horrible going on and I can help there. It's about, yes, by all means, help in all those situations, but also help in your own backyard, help in your own community, because the more that we make this a global effort and not just, you know, one area in Syria or one area in North Dakota, if we make this a global effort, that's how we, because that becomes the human family, that becomes the human community, that becomes a global community effort, and that's impossible to defeat, you know, no matter who the powers be, we we outnumber them, you know, uh, by landslide. Exactly. So it's easy for us to Numbers rise up. Are huge. Yeah, it's They're like, huge. and we're kind of exactly. you know, we're in a we're in a time span right now, spiritually, um, you know, of 
a type of a revolution of an awakening. And so these kind of things right. are going to happen. Sometimes ugly things will happen so that the light can shine on them. So that's kind of what's happening in this country right now. So it's important for people to not feel isolated, to be in their community and find other people that are like-minded. You know, start a meetup. That's one one thing that I did was in order to find people that were that understood, like, that wanted to protect nature, that wanted to get their kids outside more. I created uh, Blue River Forest School, and I did a a, a, a family meetup. Um, and and I, I have thousands, thousands of people that are joined, and they come, and they, you know, experience things outside. So I have, that's my gift that I can give. But it's like, you know, there's, meetups are great in connecting with people, and then creating what, what do you think, you can do in your community, you know, community garden or, you know, what can you do to help, yeah. um, you know, bring people together so you have consistent meetings where you're like in a circle, you know, creating a circle that you can, that's what they do there. They they sit around the fire. They let the elder, elders speak. They, you know, they plan, they pray, they listen that to each other. That is so powerful. <laughs> it seems like a very simple thing, but that's a powerful lesson that they they have taught us, and that's something right. that you know, people if they do that in their community, they won't feel so alone anymore. They will become empowered again. They will have purpose again, which is what people you know on the reservations they didn't have and that they have now. And that's what we need in all communities is to remember that there there is a greater good and there's a purpose that we can help one another and that we are here for each other. So to create a circle or a group in your community with that intention, to set those intentions of how can we make a change, what, how can we pray, how can we support one another, what can we do in, in our community to make a shift to more sustainable lifestyle. Yes, and I love that. And let me say, you talked about uh, circle and community. I, I mentioned this. Uh, last week as well, and I, I just want to say this again, something that you had said was really powerful was that, you know, there's been a change, a shift in the the natives that have been involved in this too, the people from the reservations that are coming um, to Standing Rock that have been, you know, eating better and having, you know, less issues that, were they, that they were having at the reservations that, you know, because of the community that they had there for the first time, they weren't feeling that level of forced poverty that they've been in, that impoverished state that, you know, has been forced upon them by the government. And the fact of the matter is I've researched many, many years about, you know, because my degrees call for it in counseling, about what children need uh, to maintain, like, a healthy self-esteem. And, of course, this applies to adults. It doesn't just apply to a children. But, but this is something that parents are always, you know, needing this information. And I found it interesting that you mentioned the exact same things that children need, uh, so therefore the same, the same things adults need to, to maintain. And when I say healthy self-esteem, I don't mean, like, you feel just that you feel good about yourself, but that you don't feel that isolation, that you do feel that sense of empowerment that's what really that whole self-esteem idea is about, is a personal empowerment. And, and these, are those, these are those six things, and I'm just going to read them for everyone that's listening. A sense of physical safety, a sense of emotional security, a sense of identity, a sense of belonging, a sense of mission, and a sense of competency. And that is everything that community provides. And so oh my gosh. it's interesting that's because perfect. I know it's, 
it's perfect. And it's interesting because it's not, it's something that, you know, as researchers in the world of parenting and uh, child development, these people have known this forever. But when you see it come to fruition like this, and then I hear you talking about it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there it is. It's like, you know, we all know this, but we haven't applied it on a global level. Like you can, you can apply this to your kids all day long, but if they go out into the world and the world is broken and dysfunctional because the system that's been created is broken and dysfunctional, then much of this won't even apply. And more than that, they'll probably seem abnormal because they have something the rest of the world doesn't. If we create these communities and the ability to give each other these six things, that we, then we all have that ability, the world itself begins to heal, which is really what we're trying to do, heal the world. Right. And imagine empowering those children to create their own circles when they do go out into the world. How do you create a powerful circle around you wherever you are? And everyone can do that right now. Yeah. I love that. Oh, what a great, what a great, great, great idea to empower your children to create a circle around them that gives them these six things wherever they are, because then, like you said, they go out into the world and they create community. That's beautiful. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, well, and what's – what? oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You keep, keep going. It's really, it's really great to be, have that experience, because once you've had that experience, then you are motivated to, to share that with people. And that's why people that have gone to Standing Rock and what I have felt in Standing Rock – is that powerful sense of this is the way we are meant to live. This is what we are supposed to, and their energy there is so beautiful and so amazing, and it's the power of that circle. It's the power of that community that makes it that way, and that's what we need to make in our own life. That's that same feeling. Yes. I love that, and and I must say, I mean, this is coming, this is coming from an introvert. I'm an, I'm an introverted person, so uh, typically my circle <laughs> is, the thing of animals, <laughs> not so much humans, but I think that's the, the important the important thing uh, to remember here. Which, of course, I mean, you know, the animals are part of our extended family, so it's all it's all one big family. But I think that's important to remember is that I too, you know, came from a home that didn't teach community. I mean, we didn't. Uh, my family wasn't even really a family. So there, you can see like where that sense of a lack of community in my childhood transferred into my adulthood, and now. Although, like, I create these aspects for people to come together, it's like how healing would it be for me to have that sense of community? I can't imagine how healing it would be for me to be at Standing Rock and to feel not only the connectedness with my ancestors, you know, because my my Cherokee side would be in heaven, but also just having that sense of, you know, community that I've never had. I cannot imagine. It gives me chills right now. I almost want to cry talking about it. Right now, it's a it's a beautiful idea. So, um, you know, it's something that I think is powerful for everyone. I th- I really encourage everyone listening to really take that in, uh, the idea of community. And if you have kids, to think about really empowering them and teaching them how to build that community for themselves as they grow. Uh, we've said before on the show, you know, it's it's not your job as a parent to raise a happy child. It's your job as a parent to launch a healthy adult. And as such, teaching them how to go out into the world and create a community, that is launching a healthy adult. That's, that's how they stay healthy in their adult lives um, 
Yeah, wow. Thank you, Kelly. There's, we're there's about even a group here. Well, I'll, I'll just say this real quick. There's even a group here. It's called the Kansas City Mini Wachoni Sisters. And that they created a group on Facebook where they can support each other. So you can do that. You can create a group. Um, and you can call it Mini Wachoni, Mini Wachoni which is Water is Life, um, um, women or families or community in your own community and gather people. And it's really neat because all these people have the same idea in mind of creating sustainability. I love that. Oh, that's a beautiful idea too. You know, just the idea that now that we have access to social media, which we talked about in the past, it's, you know, of course, Social media can be used for evil, but like it can also obviously be used for good. I've used it for Girl Power Hours. So the the idea that you could create community there too. I mean, we have all this access to create all these pages. We're creating community there, and then creating meetups there. And you know, I know that um, thankfully through this Standing Rock effort, there have been so many global synchronized prayers and. I know I myself and Annette Bingham, who was my ex-co-host here, she has created, uh, as well as I, the, the, the prayers that, you know, you invite people and you have prayers either for, you know, gratitude or for hope or for the, just to change things or shift the hearts of, you know, men and women in the world. I mean, that, that's all possible for all of us to do, and that's certainly an effort to build community as well. Right. Yeah, that's what it's all about is to start at home. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, I we're we have about three minutes, so I want to I want to wrap up with one quick announcement um, because all of this great information, as you all listeners are, are hearing, that this great information coming from this wonderful woman that I have been connected to now because of the Standing Rock effort, because of this movement, which I know this movement has done so much to bring so many people together and to connect so many different people from across the world, not just even across the nation, but this particular connection has been such a gift, and I'm so grateful to have connected with you and to now call you friend and to have you on the show now for a second time, and you give so much invaluable information, not just about Standing Rock, which of course, again, is a movement that is ongoing, and I cannot say that enough for people to still stay tuned and to still watch and to still pay attention and to still donate and help in any way that you can, but also just this idea of taking it into our own homes, into our own communities, and building community. That's such invaluable information, and you're such an amazing speaker. And as such, because I've been so impressed with Kelly and all of her information, we have decided to partner and, and work on a book project that, that will be about the Standing Rock effort, but will include so much more in terms of, uh, one thing that Kelly had mentioned was even the grief process of those that return home, which I cannot imagine because the family that you create there, it's like you're leaving home. So, and we'll talk about that more in the, in the book project. And as we maybe have more, have you on the show again, <laughs> you may get tired of this, but have you on the show again, to maybe <laughs> even discuss it, but I'm excited to announce that. Of course, it's going to include Kelly's photos from Standing Rock and then um, all of Kelly's experiences and, so hopefully you'll stay tuned for that, listeners, and I'll give you more information as it comes. Kelly, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today and, and really giving such invaluable information. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing and, yeah. and being part of the part of the shining the light. <laughs> oh, 
Yes, I mean, it's really been an honor. I'm, I'm really, honestly, I cannot say, I, I know I say it over and over, but I can't say it enough how grateful I am. So, and thank you for, for being a light, too. Listeners, thank you all for tuning in today on a special day at a special time, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I hope you'll tune in on Wednesday for another edition of an orchestrated symphony of prayer. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be talking to you soon. And, and listeners, I'll update you on everything that she's talked about today on our page. So just stay tuned there, Girl Power Hour on Facebook. Otherwise, we'll hear from you on Wednesday.